you are invited as we delve into the unhinged. Well, it ain't working now, Frank. the movie line. The grotesque. And the bizarre. Who calls me from out of the pit? Whether you asked for it or not. This is Late Night Psychorama. Star Wars movie. I like it when he goes and does a random movie. Uh, I think it was. Uh, was it? Did they do one after like the Ghostbusters one? Yeah, he did the last Star Wars. Okay. Well, then I guess that's it. I think he should just randomly pick things from IMDb. <laughs> I, I think he should just do like disappointing, like reboot <laughs> movies or like movies that are a sequel to a classic from you know 30 years ago that bombs like die hard four would be a good one for him i think <laughs> yeah all right um i'm a little bit out of it so yeah <laughs> you've been wandering as, around as yeah. you've explained yeah i yeah that was i parking garages are very creepy at two in the morning they just you don't know what is going to pop out of each corner nothing ever does but like it, the threat is there and like that grimy <coughs> like every parking garage looks like something out of like tenement or combat shock i like how you i i, I want to know did you make it through all the levels of the parking garage and then you're just like well i'm in the wrong one <laughs> no no the the first one cuz i was the the main problem was um I remember where I parked from where the, the, the club was at, but we went to a bar afterwards, and that's what threw me in the loop, because mm-hmm. then I walked out, and then I saw the big parkway parking sign, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, this is it, and I walked around, and like, this place doesn't look familiar at all, and I walked around like a couple stories just to see if like, if something would jog my memory, yeah, and nothing happened, so... I left, and then across the street, there was another one. <laughs> so I was like, oh, maybe I just went to the one across the street. And I walked around for a little bit, and it was just like... Because the first one was attached to the mall. Okay. So it was a little bit cleaner. Like, there was, like, painting. Not paintings, but, like, the, the there was paint on the columns and stuff. And it's like, no, this, is, this couldn't be it, because I remember it just being grimy. The second one looked grimy, so I stayed in there a little bit longer. But it still, like, didn't click. So I left... I walked all the way back to the comedy club and then I retraced my steps from my like hazy memory of how I got there. And I pa- I passed by like a few more on the way and I was like, no, this was not it. Like I remember making like this certain turn and then like I guess like I guessed correctly because the third and final one. I it looked right and yeah. I was like I wasn't sure but I had to go through each floor um and comb it until <laughs> I got to the third floor where I finally found my car. By then it was like two thirty in the morning. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> and when did this adventure start? Adventure. Um, midnight. Okay. That's that's pretty that's a- I mean like I was having fun. I had yeah. nowhere to be. I was on my own little adventure. Living the nightlife. You're just like I've never been so happy to see that 1999. Yeah, marquee. Well, well, the worst part was the first place. Uh, somebody, somebody asked me like, "What's the license plate to my car?" And now I've had this car for like a month, and I never thought to. Like, I couldn't tell you mine. Yeah, you know? I, I mean, like some of them I can like cars I had for years, and like they they have like that catchy. Like yeah, uh, yeah. the like, I had a Sonata. I forget what the last three ones, but the first three was U E Z. So I was like U E Z. But this one, yeah, it's just like there's. I you know the the worst part is I didn't even bother looking at my license plate when I found my car. I was like maybe I should know that for later, but no. Yeah. So if I get in that situation tonight, I'm still fucked. Anyway, the guy asked me what the license plate was, so he could like. Um, search around, look at cameras and stuff, and I was like, I'm, I'm at a loss. I'm just going to 
keep going. Yeah. Like, I was just doing this. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Late Night Psychorama. This is a little show we have where you get to listen to three dweebs uh, proselytize the merits of Z-grade horror trash to make up for a worthless childhood. Anything you want to add to that? You go. You go. I'm, right. I'm throwing the ball to you. Sure, yeah. So we do this in style of uh, yeah. double feature uh, where we, we take we choose two movies to talk about, mm-hmm. and they're typically uh, from the uh, mid-60s to the early 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually don't have anything to do with each other. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we try to Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. You're good. dissect them in, you know, in the most unscholarly manner. And... Uh, yeah, we always go off tangent. We talk about random things, and we spoil the hell out of the movie, so be warned. There we go. Look at that. Look at that. Team. 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 Before we get started, did anybody see anything recently? I've watched like a thousand movies because I have nothing to fucking <laughs> do. I saw, yesterday, I saw The House That Jack Built, which was uh, Lars von Trier's serial killer splatter movie. Mm-hmm. With Matt Dillon. And uh, I've never seen a Lars von Trier film, ever. I think I did. I, somebody's going to name one, and and I'm yeah, like, oh, I, I guess I saw that. that one. But I can't think of any for the life of me. And I was just never into that whole Dog Me 95 look for movies. But uh, I really enjoyed this. It was fun. Um, I don't want to spoil too much, just in case anybody's going to go see it. But... Uh, Matt Dillon is talking about five random incidents of his serial killer career. And it's it's like if Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer had like a streak of gallows humor throughout it. This isn't spoiling too much, but he has OCD. So when he murders somebody, he like gets in his getaway vehicle and then like goes back in the house like six or seven times to make sure oh, that he cleaned up completely. And that's just like one. And he gets in these like situations where the violence is brutal and and nasty, but the humor comes from like just like the situational aspects of it. it it's 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 hard to explain. It. It's like if you watch something like Henry, but the guy like blunders a little bit. And it's not, you know, it's not like slapstick or anything, but it's just kind of like funny. It's a little comical. Yeah, yeah, but it's it doesn't like undercut the horror of it at all. Like it gets nasty. It's kind of it strikes me as like something that's kind of like real, just like you know, fumbling. Exactly. It's honest. It fits the character at all. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like Dexter or anything like that. Um, Joe, what about you? Nope. You haven't watched a a movie. We've been. It's been like twelve fucking days. You have not watched the movie. Nope. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Andrew, what have you seen? I, I actually haven't watched too much. I've only watched the uh, Dial Code uh, Santa Claus when you were there as well. Jesus, guys. I Come know. On. We're a podcast about people who watch movies. <laughs> we, should, we need to watch some so, movies. Some of us don't have all day to watch like the thousand movies. You don't have to watch a thousand. Well, I, I mean, it'll one. help. Um, what else have I seen? Nah, fuck it. Joe, why don't you uh, start us off? W- what movies are we covering today? Did you watch these two? <laughs> no. We we <laughs> we are covering Next of Kin. To my daughter, Linda Mary Stevens, I leave my entire inheritance, all goods, chattels, and worldly possessions, that comprise the estate of Montclair. Will Linda survive the nightmare that threatens her sanity? Fans of gothic horror will not be disappointed. And House on the Edge of the Park. They finally made it. Where did you find them? In a garage. 
rich assholes under control. <laughs> and the best is yet to come. Now behave yourself. You've never dreamed of ladies like this before. This is going to be good. Uh, what do you want to start with, Joe? I'll let you take the take the. Uh, I guess let's start with next of kin and get that out of the way. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Hang on one second. Let me let me flip my my tome. <laughs> All right, Joe, lead us in. Linda has inherited Montclair, a disused retirement home. Its disuse, however, does not stop deaths from occurring there. Linda has her suspicions, and soon she will learn the grim truth. At least I think that's what it's about. <laughs> Joe, you did not like Next of Kin, I'm, I'm guessing from your tone of voice. I don't know if I can like if I can really say I actively dislike it. It was just... So you casually dislike it. I guess that's a good way to put it. Like I, I, I just, it was just, it was. Uh, Let me explain it, what. It, like, wait, wait, actually, no. You go next, Andrew. Tell me, yes or no? Did you like this movie? Uh, ooh, that's tough. Okay, so I swear I watched this movie, and I was sitting right there and watched it. I just. For some reason, it's just kind of like a blah in my mind. I don't know why. Wow, so I'm alone on this. But no, I, I and I'm sure we'll get into it. But I mean, there's a lot of like creepiness in this. Movie. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an effective slow burn. It's stylishly done, and the ending is like awesome. And like the the, the main problem, <laughs> the, awesome. the 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 main problem is is that the first forty five minutes. You're not interested in this plot whatsoever. I think like, that's what the, happened. The first hour and eight minutes, you're, <laughs> no, not, you're because not interested in, in what's going there's on. There's little cool like hallucinatory bits. All right, let, let, let's cut down to the bone. This is an... Late night psychorama? No, this is an early 80s <laughs> osploitation goes slightly jello. And it's, yeah, it, it works. I enjoyed it. It, it, it has, okay, th- I like the aesthetics of it. Yeah. And then when we get to the hour and eight minute mark, <laughs> when things happen, happen, it's great from there on out. But up until that point, man, was it a slog to get through. Really? Yeah. There, there's like... Nor- I'm sorry. Normally, stuff like this, I'm totally on board with, but for some reason, maybe I wasn't in the right headspace because when I watched I was just like not engaged at all. I I wasn't really engaged, um, but I wasn't completely not interested like uh or or how about or i should flip those i i wasn't really interested but i was engaged like i liked the way this story was being told even though i wasn't that into the story the main problem is like it gives you these red herrings who are obviously you know not the killer but no other bits of clue to this mystery of what's going or even if it is a mystery because the the people that are dying are drowning in their bathtubs they're old people so you don't really know they're just like being old and dumb you know or slipping and falling yeah, yeah or something like that and and there's no really you know you get uh, the girl reading in her diary and she knows something's up you know from the past when her mom was a kid and nothing is really, yeah, like that engaging. But then you start following her where she's starting to suspect something's going on and you're watching her descent to minor craziness over it. And everything that kind of like punctuates this, uh, maybe punctuate isn't the word I'm looking for, but everything that helps, you know, with this 
is the fact she has like a creepy dream sequence where she imagines this drowned guy like knocking at her window. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great sequence where her and her boyfriend are out in the woods and she sees a figure watching in the distance, which she assumes is her boyfriend. That creeped me out. Yeah, that was really good. And in that same scene, there's this great shot where the the camera is like this POV that's like stalking her and like 80 slasher. But of course it spins around and, and shows her and there's, you know, it, it wasn't, but it got you like on the edge of your seat waiting, you know, expecting something to happen to her. Which it isn't. It's just like a camera angle, but they really played with like you. How what would you expect would be behind there? Yeah, uh, uh, I'm probably alone on this, but yeah, I get I give this one a thumbs up, and that's even without saying like the the crazy ending. <laughs> I I I don't know that I would necessarily give it a thumbs down, despite my ambivalence, because there is a lot there to like. I can see it. I I just it just kind of washed over me for some reason while I was watching it until the one hour and eight minute mark. When all of a sudden when all the, hell breaks, when loose. the blood fountain uh, comes out, that's mm. when the movie goes goes completely. You know what this movie is in a certain way? I'd say it is House on Sorority Row with the engine of House with Laughing Windows. Like it's trying to do House on Sorority Row type stuff, minus the, like the massive body count, right? But with that House of Laughing Windows, just like slow descent into just creepiness. Yeah. I I also kind of feel like our main character and our person who turns out to be the killer, I feel like maybe uh, they could have been, I don't know, if there was a better movie for them, they they would have been really good in something that was a little more I think the, put together. The killer and the motives could have been fleshed out a lot better. Yeah, yeah, well, they and, just kind you know, of threw that. Yeah, it's just like, this is why... And it doesn't really hold up to scrutiny, really. She was trying to tell her that her mom was the real psycho, but while she's drowning old people and having her mallet-wielding homicidal son try to murder everybody else. <laughs> so, like, I, I, you know, sorry. Like, I, I don't... I think you're the wacko. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's you. Yeah. yeah. You're not convincing me otherwise. Um, what'd you guys think of the score? That is the the one consistent takeaway that I have, which it in a weird way, it almost kind of doesn't go with the movie, but I you know i I really like Klaus Scholz, so it, it it worked for me just because it was you know a very a very Klaus Scholz sounding thing that yeah. He did. Yeah, uh, the whole time I, I was I was watching this, it's like this sounds a lot like Tangerine Dream, and this especially sounds a lot like Tangerine Dream Sorcerer score. And then uh, I looked up the guy, and lo and behold, he was once a member of, of Tangerine, Tangerine Dream. <laughs> um, but apparently, he was only on the first album when Tangerine Dream didn't really sound like Tangerine Dream yet. But I'm sure he had a lot to to do. The score to this isn't something he wrote for the movie. Apparently they just took like, and, and, and it seems like it. Yeah. You know. They just took bits and pieces from his albums and which is a cool idea. Yeah. And, and the score really helps energize a lot of the movie. I yeah. think it would have dropped an easy 15% for me if, if it didn't have this. Yeah. No, I mean, so a lot of, a lot of parts, it stands out a lot. Yeah. And it just, uh, yeah, it, it's one, it's, it's definitely a memorable part of the movie was the score. And sometimes it would seem like a little out of place, but it, it it's a good score, so that's, that's fine. Yeah, Klaus Klaus Scholz was I I think if I'm remembering, I think he was initially the drummer when he yes. was in Tangerine. Yeah, Dream. Uh, he did the score to Angst. You remember Angst? Mm-hmm. That's a fucking nasty movie. Yeah, like, I, I, I home invasion movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it after you 
had yeah played it up for me, which yep. Yeah, that's, it was nasty. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking nasty. That's cool because I yeah I really do like the score for Angst as well. Yeah, like if you're into that type of stuff, if you just delve into yeah. his discography, you you have a practically infinite fucking yes. number of records to choose from. He he does like he picks like random like sci-fi stories and makes like a musical soundtrack to them. Like he did Dune and the Andromeda Strain. Hmm. Uh, is there any other ones? I, those are the two I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, I I can't it, it, it think of of one specifically, but it's like there's just so much like between his solo stuff and like Ashra Temple and you know other shit that he's done. It's just it's 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 a lot. Yeah, it's a very massive discography. I like how you're a lot alluded to the sounds of a lot of these <laughs> like you can hear somebody just hit that note and hold it for five minutes in a lot of these songs yes <laughs> uh, before like I, I had one thing I wanted to bring up before I do do you have any more stuff in your tome of no, 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 no. So I, I was, I was hoping, I was hoping you guys would uh, enjoy this more, so I could really like kick it around with you and have fun with it. But I, I feel like it's a movie that if I go back to it at some point, perhaps if it's you know when I'm in the right frame of mind, maybe it'll click. It'll I, click th- I honestly think so because there's little like minor stuff that even though like the, uh, I like the part. Where it cuts to the old man finding the dead body in the bathtub, and then it cuts to everybody pulling that dead body out, mm-hmm. and it's just like this like weird little camera move, a little like edit that syncs them both up together, and it's just like with the music playing and everything, it really has this like weird hallucinatory kind of vibe to it. And then there's the scene where she's uh, hearing things in the house, and she's looking around in the one room she she checks is the room where they're holding that corpse until like the medical examiner can get it. And oh, you're yeah. just watching like by candlelight, this like creepy drowned dead old man. With, the, with like the, almost like a scared face. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, for whatever reason, yeah, this, this, this movie kind of, it just, it was like, you know, came in one ear out the ear, out the other kind of like, I just already forgot a lot of it, but I do remember a lot of these, cool parts like you, you talked about that one uh the weird forest person in the distance and then also there's this one part where she's looking uh for uh, i guess uh, some other girl and they show her kind of driving away in this car yes and it's just this horrible kind of like you, you can kind of tell that you, i think that girl's dead yes yes and, um and just drives away and that was just kind of like jolting yes and so um a lot of stuff like that even like towards the end where the the lover boyfriend or whatever like comes out of the darkness in a wheelchair Mm -hmm. and it's kind of silly but it it was like kind of shocking oh yeah yeah uh the when she's building her sugar cube pyramid (laughs) yeah and right as she's putting the last one down you that giant truck just crashes right into this fucking diner and everything oh and like that that's another thing like not just the music but like the use of like cutting the sound out completely where it's just silent except for like one prop or whatever right. and just like it helps build this tension that really so that's the ending at the ending and but did you want to talk about like the i mean the kind of like the money shot of that go ahead uh, i mean yeah i mean she just walked talk too yeah okay she just <laughs> walked up to the uh to the killer with the shotgun that uh <laughs> This this kid at, at, at this like little truck stop or whatever had and uh, just blows his fucking head off. The the what threw me for a loop was in the very beginning because at the end it's her like driving off in the uh, in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, the very beginning you see her like all scarred up and getting into the car like it's one of those things to, like the bookend the movie. I thought that was the mom and when I yeah. was watching it because you know she's reading the the uh, what's it the 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 last will and testament, mm-hmm. you know, what she's leaving behind to her daughter. So I was like, oh, wow, what shit did this lady get into that she's just leaving for her kid? Yeah. But then, for, I guess she, because she was just so unrecognizable in the very beginning, because she's all sweaty and stuff, that I didn't catch on that, you know, two minutes later after the credits, that was her, like, just young and spruced up. Right. 
the the one drowning scene. I'm pretty sure it's just in the one. Is there a red ball? In, yeah, in the tub. Yes. Okay. Do you know where I'm going with that? Are you going with "Don't Look Now" analogy? Uh, you could say that, but no. I was actually going to say, um, "Kill baby, kill." Oh wow! I didn't even think of that. Well, you know, let's get to the fucking like point of the plot. There's somebody leaving like the bathtub on so that it can jog her memory that she saw like a drowning when she was a kid. What is the point of that? Why is the killer trying to do that? I mean, especially since the killer was just trying to kill her at the end anyway. Why try to like Yeah, it seemed a little Yeah, odd. it just that that's like the like the problem I have with the movies. Like where's the motivation here? Why is this person doing all these things, leaving all these creepy clues around so this girl can solve this mystery? So just just hit so I can yeah, just so I can yeah. Like you can you could have just went in there and bashed your head in while she was sleeping. <laughs> Why did you have to like find out like, oh, you're my aunt. You're not a crazy old lady. Mm-hmm. And then like, okay, now it's time for you to you figured it out. Like I've spent days leaving all these clues around. Now it's time for me to kill you. Like that's that's where the movie loses me. That's how people really are though. I guess so, <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> Maybe they were actually um, a third member of the Wet Bandits. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, the drowning stuff is very creepy to look at. I mean, the idea of drowning is itself. Drowning bothers me a lot, actually. Like, I think about it. Not even just drowning, but being smothered, too. Like, that just not being able to... When I think about being dead, that's what bothers me the most, is not breathing. Even though, like, I obviously, I'm going to be dead and not realize it. But the fact that I'm not going to take a breath just, like, ugh, just gets under my skin. Yeah, anything that's got a, a visceral drowning scene in it, mm. like, like the changeling, it's, yeah. like, will... Definitely give me nightmares. Do you remember the Boardwalk Empire when the lady plick, like stabs the guy with the heroin needle and then just like shoves him and holds him down in the bathtub? I think yes. it was like season three. Yep. Mm-hmm. Don't look at me. There's three of us here. Yeah, I know. Yeah, this one. The, this You're one. leading the charge. I uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, I'm very aware of that. This is why this is your fault. You, you, we're always supposed to pick the better movie first. Oh, it sounded like you really liked this one, so I was. Like, yeah, oh, but I didn't think that. Well, I yeah, but he didn't, and he's like, yeah, let's fucking pick this movie that I don't really like and have anything to say about. <laughs> Great snowball effect in motion there, Joe. <laughs> I brought up the red ball, and then you did nothing with it. You dropped it. No, I brought up the fact that the killer kept on dropping these clues for no reason whatsoever because the person that he wants to solve this mystery is just somebody he just wants to smash over the head with a fucking mallet. I definitely will come back to this at some point. Uh, you know, I, I hope it like some of its mysteries are solved around the second viewing for me. I should have done a second viewing. Um, Both of these movies are hazy because I watched them like five days ago and then i went on my philadelphia drug alcohol binge spree <laughs> so everything's just kind of like in a in, just a, in a blur it, yeah um house on the edge of the park is going to be a lot easier because i've seen that movie before do you guys have any more to add uh on this movie uh the boyfriend was in django unchained that's my really? little bit of, of trivia yeah he was the killer in Wolf Creek. Do you remember Wolf Creek? Yes. I saw that in theaters when it came out. I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I saw like, it came out on Christmas Day, and uh, I went to see it, and uh, didn't really like it. Can't imagine why. That was, fuck, 13 years ago? Well. Yeah, Jesus. You want to talk about some really nasty shit? There's our next movie. Okay, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> 
Alex and Ricky are invited to a posh party held by upwardly mobile socialites after Ricky fixes their car. Once at the party, Alex clues into the fact that he and Ricky have been brought there to be the amusement. But what the partygoers don't know is that Alex is a raging serial killer and turns the party into a carnival of his own violent amusement. Yeah, this movie is uh, irredeemable and reprehensible in every yes. every possible way. <laughs> this is like this is like Chris Barnes era Cannibal Corpse lyrics, just like stretched out in movie length time. And yet, why do I find it so appealing? Yeah, that's that's. I I wonder about that that paradox of the horror movie fan where obviously you're like a good person that doesn't enjoy these things but you can watch a movie that does it. and this isn't like Last House on the Left even though this is like the 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 Italian remix of that movie it's like the reimagining yes where like instead of like where that movie has things to say um this movie's yeah. This yeah. movie doesn't. It just wants to wallow in humiliation and degradation and rape and violence. Uh, it's it's a vicious, brutal, and the worst part is all right. It's directed by Ruggero Diodato, who's m- known mainly for Cannibal Holocaust, and it has uh. Forgive me if I I mispronounce this. Help me out here, Joe. Riz Ortolani. Yes. The soundtrack by him, and like the Cannibal Holocaust soundtrack, which he also did, uh, it has this kind of like prettiness to it that yes. just makes what you're watching that, that much, much more. more. Yes, uh, it's not like that thing today that like everybody does where they pull like like a cool uh, or or cute like rock or pop song. And like, which I fucking hate when they do it. Yeah, it's been done so many fucking times. Like this actually has his his. No matter how pretty the soundtracks are, it still has like a sense of something melancholy about it. Andrew, what do you think of how? Did you remember this one? Yes, I okay. Did. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, man. This movie is super sleazy and like just unsettling, and I feel like. It almost should have been forgotten, like <laughs> just because of the subject matter and the language used and everything. And it's just, well, you know, that's the one thing about this movie, even though it, it is very nasty, mm-hmm. unlike, uh, like we said earlier, like angst or Henry of Por- Henry portrait of a serial killer. It has that Italian exploitation gloss yeah. to it that feels like removed from reality. Yeah. So it's not too awful to watch right you know like the dubbing and the, the production yeah, you can tell values. you're watching like a movie yeah exactly um and the fact it's this is 1980 right yes and so it kind of still has that yeah that 70s haze to it like it, it kind of looks like a 70s movie yeah just because it's so early in the 80s um but I, overall i kind of i i mean i liked it i certainly remember it you know and so um, Can we talk about how fucking retarded this movie is too? <laughs> the 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 quote unquote like big twist ending is the dumbest yeah. fucking thing well, ever written. I, I know, but we you, gonna- <laughs> uh, uh, okay, which we we will we'll, we'll describe it in a second. But that that being said, I feel like. It belongs okay. in in some weird here, fucked here, up it, stupid it, it, way. Yes, like it, no. it belongs in there. I I I actually while I was watching, explain the twist. Explain the twist. Okay, so you have to. Okay, going back to the beginning of the movie, Alex, as I mentioned, is a serial killer, and we see him rape and kill victim number whatever she may be. So. The story goes from there. They get invited to the party when these people show up and need their car fixed because Alex and Ricky have an underground garage. Uh, Ricky fixes the car and they get invited to the party, blah, 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 blah. So it goes through all of this and then we start having uh, razor blade slashing and rape and all kinds of wonderful, delightful, fucked up, reprehensible things. Merry Christmas, kids. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas. And 
so in the end, the twist, as it turns out, is that it was all planned. It was all <laughs> planned because uh, what are their names? I the, <laughs> blonde blonde guy. Udo Kier squeezed into a Ken doll. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and and his was she the girlfriend or Yeah. Or, uh who was okay, the 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 victim in the beginning of the movie is his sister. And somehow they knew yes. that he did it. Yes. And set up this whole thing so that they could get them to the party. And let them run amok, like make sure they provoked reactions that would make him go into psycho mode so that they could justifiably kill him in self-defense. You know you know what made this movie a thousand times more interesting? No. Well, first of all, first, let's, say, let's, let's backtrack. When they're driving to the garage to pick up David Hess, the, the rape man... Um, <laughs> um, which, which I feel like that's kind of like th- he's done he's three of these at. movies. <laughs> the he's like, done three of these fucking movies. Like when movies. you see David Hess's face, you unfortunately think, "Oh, the rape man." Yeah, he's he's done three of these where he's played his last house on the left guy three times. This last house on the left, obviously, and Hitchhike with Franco Nero. Which is, have you seen Hitchhike? Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. Anyway, um, well, first of all, this plan, in the beginning, when they're in the car, you have dialogue with them, and they're talking like they're going to a party, not like they're planning a murder. Yes. You know, so uh, obviously these guys are doing some method acting, or the <laughs> ending was just tacked on, like, immediately. Right. The other thing is, tell me if this wouldn't have been cooler. Rather than this being this escapade for, uh, to, to get revenge, and the whole gang were in on it, because they do this, like... Ceremonious. They all take a gun, uh, take the gun, and shoot him while he's drowning in the pool. Mm-hmm. Only the boyfriend knew, and the boyfriend plotted the whole thing. But he was using his friends to be brutalized, it's like bait. Yes, and like you get that kind of like, is he just as bad? Like, is his thirst for vengeance kind of like, you know, made him just as bad as David Hess? Or another thing that would have been, because there's like a little bit of class warfare element in this movie that's not yeah. really addressed too well. If this movie was about a bunch of crazy uh, upper class BDSM people that like take these type of last house on the left type characters into parties and get beaten and brutalized and at the end they murder them, you know, and then claim self. Yeah, like this, like being able to play God but also being like degraded. That would have been like a cool way, a cool, interesting way to turn this plot. But no, this movie is not really that smart or... Like it really is just like that, like hobo, rapist, you know, jerk-off fantasy. That's what it is. What is she barking at? It's David Hess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What were you we talking about? Uh, How retarded House on the Edge. Yeah, or, 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 or little what, things oh. they could have done that would have made this movie kind of wild and interesting. Yeah, but I, f- I feel like that would ruin. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. I think, I think, I think that would have been really like far out and cool, and 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 and, and give it its own identity as opposed to just some like doofy. Yeah, grindhouse rape fantasy. Movie. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, but what I am saying is that I don't. I get. I, don't, I guess I'm as much of an a moron as this movie is. That <laughs> oh. I I I like the fact I, that it just kind of the, is ridiculous yeah. and makes no sense, um, and it's just a violent thing for the sake of being that i mean as, as, I, I don't mean to beat up on the movie because like when it comes to this stuff it's well done like the violence and degradation in this movie gets under your skin as it should you know yeah uh it's just like those little weird decisions with the plot uh, cannibal right. holocaust makes more of a point than this movie does. The, well, the, well that's the thing this movie doesn't have any like cannibal holocaust is nasty but it has 
things to say. This movie's just like, oh, hey, 42nd Street, you need something for those guys in raincoats to jerk off to? Here you go. Yeah, it's it was pretty gratuitous. Right, uh, and going back to your Cannibal Corpse lyrics analogy, yeah. that's why I like listening yeah, no, to Cannibal No, Corpse. I, 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 in, I enjoy it. Which I'm sure... Well, really, really, the music has no... You just like to jack off to Chris Barnes's fucking crazy lyrics? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's it. <laughs> I just b- bought them for the lyric sheets. That's the only reason I own them. Yeah. Like, if they could take out the music, you would totally buy yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I guess you said that Alex in this movie is, uh... <laughs> what? I'm sorry. I just got... I just had the idea of, uh... If, if you could replace the music with, with David Hess narrating the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David Hess should have been a guest vocalist on... At least on The Bleeding... That's the most David Hess of the Cannibal Corpse albums. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's something wrong with me. <laughs> you were saying. Um, so you said he was uh, Alex, the main character, was the he's like a serial killer, serial rapist. And I just I guess I missed well, that. Do we? Yeah. Do we know that we only seen him rape and he, strangle that one girl? Yeah, he but he he takes the. Uh, Oh, the, the girls the, the, like the, the locket. He like he he's got trophies. Oh, I, I didn't, didn't even catch, catch that. that. No, well, no. and then good eye. And then he has the like in his locker. He's got the various implements. Yeah, like how how he feels that day. Like how he feels like killing that yeah. day. He's got one for every mood. Joe, Joe caught it because his work locker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> Joe collects children's shoes. That's bizarre. <laughs> Why do you got so many shoes? I just like them. They look good in my locker. But yeah, so uh, when uh, when when they get to the 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 party, see that's where it was, I feel like the the twist does kind of it doesn't work, but. You kind of start sympathizing with Alex a little bit, like he's being, they're kind of like being made fun of by oh, these like hoity-toity yeah. fucks. Yeah, and, absolutely. And absolutely. so, but then you're reminded that this guy's a rapist yeah, murderer. Yeah, you know, yeah. well, that's that's why I kind of wish the plot played around with stuff like that right. more. Where it's like, um, obviously, he's the most despicable of all of them. But, like, to watch, like, these upper-class snobs kind of take advantage yeah. of this lower... Just laugh at that. Well, that, well, well his, we should mention he's not alone. He's with his friend. Right. He's played uh, by Giovanni Radici, who, if you, wa- if you see an Italian splatter movie and he shows up, you know you're watching a good movie because <laughs> he's in, like, the cream of the crop. Gates of Hell. Bob. Cannibal Ferox. Um, stage Fright. What else, what am I forgetting? There's a few good ones. Is it Cannibal Apocalypse? Yes, yes. All right. Oh yeah, that's a callback to our uh, second episode. <laughs> but yeah, he they 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 kind of like the 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 more hoity toity like people like are making fun of them, basically calling them, you know, just kind of laughing at they're, his. They're expense. ripping them off at the poker game. Yeah, they're, they're taking advantage. Well, of them. well, well that, that's another thing where like. If it if it went in where they were goading him to for like maybe they were trying to 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 exploit him, make fun of him, treat him like shit to get the David Hess character to, to explode. Off, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so when he does finally start beating them up, like I kind of I'm like, yeah, yeah, rapist, yeah, yeah. fucking fuck those guys up. And uh, so <laughs> wow. No, of course not, but you like are reminded of like that he and that's where it was kind of like well, I'm kind of siding with these guys but at the same time they're horrible. You, yeah, I don't think it's as much as you're siding with them. Mm-hmm. It should be that it's just giving a little bit of humanity to David Hess's character rather than him just being like some razor blade wielding, you know, slasher movie sure. villain. He, he has problems with this. He does, you know, he likes that guy. He doesn't want his friend to yeah. be. But at the same time, he does the same thing. His he just uses his friend as his. You can tell it's a one sided relationship. He the, his 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 moron slow friend looks up to him, and he uses him because he needs a toady. 
Right. It's not really, does he really care about this guy? Yeah, he seems to when he, like, guts him. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. He feels com- conflicted about it after. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not saying he dislikes him, but you could tell it's sort of like he looks at him more as a tool than as a friend. Well, then, then a the tool as being an instrument to use, not not like as a tool. And and you have to look at this like in in you know through the lens of what you brought up. Did they intend for that twist all along, or? Did they just conjure that up? Because depending on which one it is, then you can read the movie in two very yeah, different ways. I, I'm I'm I am a hundred percent certain uh this this movie was written one draft, made up as they went along. Like they had like five to, oh, you know the people who wrote this movie, you know what other movie these people wrote? To give you like an idea of what kind of people these people are. Hit me. The New York Ripper. Oh, the two guys wrote that. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So <laughs> they're uh, great at this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The um, uh, can you talk about the uh, the the message of the New York Ripper? Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I love that movie. That movie's as nasty as this one, but I guess there's more redeemable characters, maybe. In New York Ripper, well, I, well, it it does have characters that aren't yeah, total totally. scumbags. Right. Would you call the rich people scumbags in this? Well, I mean, once that's well, when, and the, the, I'm sorry, I was going to say that depends on whether or not you believe the twist was intended or not. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Like, once you find out that. It was all part of their plan to get beat up by this raped. Fucking, and, yeah, exactly. Well, he looks at the one girl like there like, were a few mistakes. That that's why I I got the idea that this would have been a cool movie if they were like a BDSM like group yeah. that loved being because the, he looks at the girl while they're talking at the end and when he's about to call the police and he, he's like yeah I could tell you were like kind of getting into that that's mm-hmm. where that that germ of idea came in like <laughs> wow that would have been a cool movie right they should have called you. They should. They should for all these movies. So yeah, for a while, if if you didn't know what the twist ending was, you don't really. You're not, it seems like you're not really supposed to like anyone in this movie. I guess know? not. But I mean, like at the same, I mean, is is the ending telling you that like, oh, the rich people are just as bad? Is that what it's trying to say? Maybe, maybe you just like because you don't like them. You're just like, and why don't we like them? Because they're mean. You know? Oh no, I I loved the girl. <laughs> oh yeah, who kept on like teasing him yeah, and everything. Yeah. yeah, but if you buy the twist, then you're just assuming that all of their behavior was all set up to make things happen, and that in the end they're just getting vigilante yeah justice in a very haphazard and completely implausible manner. Yes, that's like yeah, <laughs> like Joe, if you needed to wreak vengeance on somebody i'll I'll ride with you, but if you're like, okay, but um, you gotta get raped in the shower I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, uh you know, can't we just like do this Charles Bronson style <laughs> like only if we do it like uh what's the name of the movie? The which one, which one? <laughs> the, the the one where 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 the guy's naked which, which one is that the, are we talking charles bronson yeah and the guy's naked or do you think it's a death wish no it's not death oh wish. 10 to midnight yeah. yeah 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 that's a good one <laughs> that's like charles bronson versus richard speck yes <laughs> Do you think that since the girl that is his sister that gets, you know, off in the beginning, his girlfriend has short hair, too. Do you think that was like a way to lure him in? Like, like maybe, maybe he likes girls with yeah, short hair? It could be. Well, maybe. They only had however much time to somehow discover this and and set it up. Yeah, yeah. So how does he, yeah, like you said, how does he know that David Hess is the is the killer? Yeah, because he never, like, they don't tell you how they figure it out or anything. I love the part where he's going to go for the gun earlier, and David Hess yells at him, and he doesn't bother to check the drawer. You see yeah. if there was a, a gun Obviously, in there. Obviously, yeah, there's something in there. Yeah, I mean, I guess because he is, like, a serial killer, serial rapist, like, 
maybe uh, through a little amateur sleuthing, they figured out that yeah. he is the one doing it in maybe. that area. This movie could have definitely done with a second draft. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was, yeah, it was made to, you know, withstand. Can Can I talk about my favorite scene? Go ahead. Go ahead. The David Hess being castrated with the pistol and his scream that lasts <laughs> oh, for like yeah. 40 seconds. That is certainly... How is that not a gif? Yeah. yeah my, I guess you need the sound for it to work. Yeah. My, my, you can <laughs> just put... Ah, <laughs> my, my wife walked in as that was happening and I hear nothing... And it's still going on because it, it takes him like a full like five hours to do the scream. <laughs> and at one point, I look over my shoulder behind me to where she is, and she's staring at the TV and has this look on her face of bewilderment and confusion. And then she just exits the room, and I just hear her saying, like, yeah, I forget that my husband watches these. (laughs) Do you think um, towards the end of the scream, it gets a little high pitched because he did get shot in the, uh, yeah, I think that's what it's supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know who, uh, uh, what makes the, the other people extra bad, the, the rich people, what Cindy, the girl who shows up later on, she obviously didn't sign up for this uh, plot to capture this oh, murder yeah. rapist guy. And she gets it the worst out of everybody. Yeah. Everybody. She like, he real. Up. Yeah. That scene's... Ugh. And just like, yeah. And she's obviously younger than everybody. She's what? Like, in, like freshman in college age? Yeah. And she gets on, like, put on full display. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah, they just let it happen. I mean, yeah, it's, that was uh, that was that yeah, guy's well, plan. We can't fuck the plan up yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. They had to shoot him by the pool. That was yes, the yes. <laughs> All right. Last or house on the edge of the park versus next of kin. Man, <laughs> unfortunately, it's house on the edge. Oh. Of the park. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with next of kin, but the, the, the French actress who has the shower scene is the best scene of both of these movies. Oh uh, yeah. I'm going to go with house on the edge of the park as well. Oh, but you know, that could change. Like if I, I, I feel like I need to go back to next of kin with, like Joe said, like I'd need to give that another viewing before, um, before I just let it disappear, you know, and just brush it off as a movie i didn't really care for when was the last time before this that you had watched house on the edge of the park i was 19 or 20 i remember me and me and a group of friends watching i remember that time it was post high school pre i was 21 could go to bars like that like hazy time period then i didn't go to college i just worked and watched a lot of these movies is it was a long time for me as well, and it played out a little different than I remembered. I remember the dumb ending, but I was had an eagle eye to see because I was like, "Oh, I was a dumb kid." It, it probably like set up very cleverly, and I didn't catch it. And then I watched it's like, "Yeah, this nope. is a dumb fucking movie." <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <clears throat> Anything else to add before we uh, sign out, folks? Uh no. Oh, you know what? Let me ask you a question. What's your favorite Ruggero Diodato movie that's not Cannibal Holocaust? Ooh. Um I did like a mini marathon of his. The washing machine is kind of fun <laughs> for its <laughs> absurdity. Did you see Dial Help? <laughs> you know what? No, I, I know about okay. Dial Help, but I've never seen it. My favorite. I, I watched Live Like a Cop, Die Like a Man, which was like his uh, right-wing vigilante movie, um, even though there were cops, but there were cops that could get away with everything. Um, 
Concord Affair 79, which was like his airplane movie. And then I saw, finally, I don't know why I sat on this for so long, Cut and Run. Okay. Oh, my God. Have you seen Cut and Run? I have. It is wonderful. Wow. I have to watch it again. Yes, you do. It's been a long time, it, uh, but I remember liking it. Sit on it for a few years, so so when I need to watch it again, we can just party, <laughs> because it's f- fantastic. Um, yeah, I would say for... My favorite. It might either be that or, or or uh, or Concord. The one, the other cannibal movie he did, Jungle remember, Holocaust. Yes, I remember liking that, but I, I I probably I feel like it's one of those where if I go back to it, I probably will discover I do not like it as um, much. Yeah. Okay. All right, kids. Uh, <laughs> Check us out on social media. We have a. Uh, Instagram, Late Night Psychorama. Late Night Psychorama. Night spelled N-I-T-E. Uh, you can get us at uh, late night psychorama at gmail.com. And yeah, rate and subscribe. You're on your phone. I know, it's chicken. You're not the one with the phone. I know. <laughs> I figured we were already done. Good night, everyone. Yeah. Good night.